Good morning and welcome to O-Readers Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Craig F. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today's date is November 6th, 2023, um, and it's a Monday. So uh, today we're going to be reading from the big book, and we're going to be on page 163, the third paragraph. That begins, our friend proceeded to tell him and goes through the stream of misery that flows through that institution. <clears throat> Today's readers are Rick J. for the Steps, Lynn S. for the Traditions, Bonnie B., Ken W. H., and Darlene H. are the text readers, and uh, uh, Colleen M. is the newcomer greeter, I believe, and Maria F. is the host of the second. The reference numbers for yesterday's wonderful special edition is 20,805-20805. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, uh, a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive overeating and compulsive food behaviors and carry the message a recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At an OA, at a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm now going to ask Rick J. to read the 12 steps. Rick? Thank you for your service, Craig. My name is Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Here are the steps we took, which were suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thanks, Rick. Okay, now we'll have uh, um, Lynn S. will uh, uh, read the uh, 12 traditions. Lynn? Good morning. This is Lynn S., compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. These problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Okay, thank you very much. Um, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share in what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To, to share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 163, uh, the third paragraph that, go, that starts, the, our friend proceeded to telling and goes through the stream of misery that flows through that institution. I'm now going to ask uh, Bonnie B. to get us started. Bonnie? Good morning, everyone. Thanks, Craig, for your service. Good morning, Bonnie B., gratefully recovered by the grace of God in the state of Florida today. 
Our friend proceeded to tell him, and with such good effort that the doctor agreed to a test among his patients and certain other alcoholics which he attends. Arrangements were also made with the chief psychiatrist of a large public hospital to select still others from the stream of flows through that institution. Once again, Bonnie B. from Florida. Um, yeah, so the first question that pops up to me is, our friend proceeded to tell him what? And immediately my head went to, what, what don't we tell newcomers? We don't give them a list of all the things they have to do. Um, we do have a list of things that we encourage them to do because it helps them to um, fit themselves to be of service to God and others. But the number one thing on the list for me is always connect to God. And if you look back, um, you know, the last couple of pages, it says, you know, many of, of us have felt for the first time the presence of a power, um, the presence and power of God. Or it says on page um, 163, a, a source of power much greater than yourself. Or if we go back to 161, the great reality of an all-loving, powerful God. Um, drop down to the bottom of 161. Restored and united us under God. So what, what, is it, what are we telling the people about? Um, page 160. A spiritual way of life. This, you know, again, this sponsee. This is what I, this is what I drill home. You have to connect to God. If you don't connect to whatever you call your higher power, and I just happen to call it God, you don't stand a chance. The list of things that we all tried. Go to page one six or um, one thirty one, I think. Um, no, thirty one, I think. Here are some of the methods we've tried. If we could have done this thing alone, we would have done it. So, so they encouraged, this is what they were telling them about, was this new way of living, this new life, right? And the life wasn't me showing up doing my list. The life was me showing up and surrendering all of myself to God and then um, doing my absolute best to be of service to other people. That was the combination, surrender to God, serve others. This, this paragraph, you know, speaks of that. There was a willingness. You know, this doctor, there was the willingness of this doctor agreeing. Um, you know, the, the willingness of the gentleman who was, who was talking about then the willingness of the doctor to go out there and test these patients and the psychiatrist and a willingness to be used, to be of service. Um, not concerned about myself, but concerned about connecting others to God, knowing that if we don't connect them to God, it's not going to last. It may appear to last for some people for a short season, but it's not going to last. You know, if you have a, um, a lamp on a nightstand, the lamp can look beautiful. It can look fully functional. And yet if it's not plugged into the power source, there's nothing that you can get from that lamp. This is how I like in this program. We have all these great tools, and I utilize all of them, but the tools will not keep me recovered, did not ever get me recovered. We have to connect to a power greater than ours. And this is what I think they're talking about. And I think my time is up. And thanks for letting me be of service. And I'll pass. Well, thank you, Bonnie, for getting us started uh, so well. Um, okay. The uh, next, uh, we're going to take a list of names to share uh, on this uh, paragraph. So um, if you've shared on uh, any vision meeting on Thursday or Friday, we ask you to hold back and uh, uh, let other people have a chance to share. So um, I'm ready to take a list of names who'd like to share on this program. Uh, 
Hi, I'm Wanda from Chicago. Victoria Elf. Victoria? Nancy? Yep. Nancy from Arkansas. Nancy from Arkansas. All right. Wanda from Chicago? Wanda, I got you. Oh, I'm sorry. Nancy, who else would like to share? Will you tell us the page again? Yeah, page 163, the third paragraph. Thank you. Julie B. from Ohio. Billy B.? Julie. Julie B. Oh, Julie B. All right. Thank you. Thank you. situation so he uh he uh he was okay and his girlfriend was okay my husband and I came home my husband had a meltdown and um I did not react and I know that God is good that took care of me and my husband and my brother and his girlfriend. So what I have to do is pray to God, not eat, and make sure I do the right thing and uh, be grateful, you know. And uh, I I know that um, my mental health uh, is dependent on my spiritual health. And so I make sure I pray every morning. Uh, I ask my higher power for help. Uh, I I enjoy the day. I I you know um, I sort of take contention with the easier, softer way. That's not supposed to be the way, but the easier, softer way is um, you know sometimes the way that God designs. You know, so that I can move forward without making trouble for other people and burdening other people. I have to keep my head straight and just make sure that, you know, I am doing the best I can and doing things the way God wants me to, not to my own satisfaction all the time. It's gotta be according to what God's will is so that I am grateful uh, you know, and, um, you know, I could analyze, my husband calls it overthinking, 
and I know that uh, I can't do that. I have to just really accept, uh, you know, the way things are and pay attention to the positive and ignore the negative. What you uh, focus on grows. So if you focus on the bad, that grows. If you focus on the good, that grows. Uh, so um, stay out of my head, which is a bad neighborhood, and, uh, you know, um, make sure that, uh, you know, I'm, anyway, I'll shut up, but I wanted to hear other people's opinion, and but other people's spiritual feelings, and uh, how they get through the day, and work the 12 steps, which is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. So um, I hope everybody has a great day. Thank you. All right. Uh, Thank you. Okay. Um, Next up, we'll have Victoria. And I'm going to remind everybody that we're asking you to share and keep your shares focused on the reading that was done and on the recovery and the reading that was done this morning. So uh, next up, we'll have Victoria. Hi, good morning, everyone. My name is Victoria L., and I'm a recovering compulsive overeater, and I live in Muncie, Indiana. Um, You know, I have 28 days of abstinence, and this is the first time I've had close to a month of abstinence in over a year. I've been in Overeaters Anonymous since February of 2012, so coming up on 12 years. And um, I was sharing in a conversation with a fellow last night about how, you know, the purpose of the big book is for us to work the steps to have a vital spiritual experience, which brings about the psychic change necessary to overcome um, the mental obsession and the phenomenon of craving. And I can tell you that, you know, most of my work in OA has been centered around losing the weight, losing the weight, losing the weight. And, um, you know, my obsession with the scale and my body and abstinence. And so this time around, my sponsor um, basically said that really my focus needs to be on a connection with a higher power and others. That's why we have the fellowship. When we're talking to one another in fellowship, we have the opportunity to have God speak through another person so that we can hear what what he says or she or however you define your higher power. And, um, you know, one of the things that I do now is I go through my life and I, it's not, it goes beyond gratitude. It's looking for all the ways that God is working in my life um, because I tend to focus on all the things that aren't working in my life. I'm starting to see all the, all the small God, God shots and the little miracles. And, you know, one of them is having made it through Halloween without eating a single bite of sugar or a piece of candy on Halloween. And, um, you know, the other thing my sponsor is having me do as much as possible is when I'm making outreach and talking with people is um, sharing about what I'm reading in the big book as a way to embody and live the program as opposed to, um, you know, just reading it and then forgetting everything that you learned. And someone had shared on Friday about how the program isn't just a bunch of rules. And it's so true. I found that, like, there's great tools and lots of amazing suggestions um, but it was shared last week that the big book was actually rewritten uh, so that it didn't have a whole bunch of you must do this and you must do that. I think 
the only requirement for OA is a desire to stop eating. That's the only requirement we have for our program. And the true way that we get well is by developing our connection with our higher power. That's, that's how we get well. Abstinence is a consequence of developing a relationship with a higher power. Um, and, and I also look at food as my block to God, right? So if I pick up something that's on my red light list or a non-abstinent food, the moment I put that in my mouth, I immediately set off a blocker to my higher power. So I'm finally starting to get a little bit of clarity and I just have deep gratitude, especially for all the people who do service on this meeting. Um, I listen every day. I, I don't share that often. My sponsors ask me to start sharing at least once a week. I've been lurking around for years, listening to everyone else. And there's a lot of people who contribute a lot of their time to make this meeting happen. And I'm deeply appreciative of that. So anyway, I think that's enough out of me. Anyone on the line, if you want to connect and talk about how you developed your connection with your higher power, I'm in the book or on the list, Victoria L. Muncie, Indiana. I love having conversations with people. And um, thank you, everyone. Have a blessed day. I'll pass. All right. Thank you, Victoria. Next, we have uh, Nancy from Arkansas. Nancy? Nancy, star one to unmute. Yes, this is Nancy from Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Yes, I just wanted to. Yes, I just wanted to apologize uh, for the other days, but not being so kind and uh, patient yesterday in the meeting, and it's been bothering me, and I just wanted to clear that up. I'm extremely sorry. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Nancy. Next up, we have uh, Julie B. out of Ohio. Julie? Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate uh, your service, Craig. Thank you. Um, Julie B. from Ohio, recovered but not cured. Um, So grateful for this meeting. Um, And looking at the text here on 163, I think what I take from this is the doctor agreed to test among his patients and certain other alcoholics from a clinic which he attends. And I just think back to how grateful I am that this program exists and that these people who started this program out of out of desperation and out of inspiration from our higher power, um, their diligence and their inability to hear the word no. Um, if it were me in charge of this program, I may have been like, well, nobody wants it. So, you know, we'll move on. Um, But God, I'm so grateful for these people who were, nope, you know, this is what happens and these are the studies and hey, doctors listen to us. And like, now we have this incredible, we have a map we can go to when life gets difficult. And that is just such, such a gift. And speaking of daily commitments, you know, that's something that I do uh, now that I've discovered that if I don't have my, my, my list of things I need to do, I refer to the list of things I want to worry about. And so, um, you know, my sponsor has me pray and meditate every day. That's how I start my day. Um, I'm doing much more pausing throughout the day. Outreach calls are changing my life a bit. 
Um, they're getting me out of myself. They're connecting me with you. They are, they're plucking me from the small town in Ohio to Minnesota, to Florida, um, to Canada. And I get a little peek inside of your life. And you know what I love is that it's not perfect and that you struggle too. And when we talk on the phone, it's not light uh, um, surface conversations. It's, hey, I'm dealing with this from my family or, you know, my husband is doing this. And, and the, wow, it's just like the vulnerability that you can have with people that you've never met. You don't know what they look like. And we all just really get along in that way. It's amazing. Um, one of my daily commitments is listening to this meeting. I think there is beautiful, beautiful recovery in the vision meeting. Um, I've also admitted powerlessness on a daily basis to not just food. I have many things that I have put in the God position. Uh, and also a gratitude list is a part of my um, daily commitments. And I've learned from you that a grateful heart does not eat. And I love that. Um, I think something that I wanted to share as well is that the thing, you know, I come to this meeting today gratefully by the grace of God in what some, like what I would call a beautiful, healthy body. And the way that I got there was not from Oh, there's my timer, so I will stop. But um, uh, the way I got there was not from diet and exercise, but it was from the 12 steps and from God. And he is the power, and he will give us all we need if we stay close to him. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Next up, we have uh, Aaron, spelled the girl way, uh, K. And then we're going to take a new list of names. Uh, so be ready. Aaron? Hey, good morning. Um, thank you for your service, Craig. This is Erin Kay, uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Michigan. Um, I, I so appreciated the lead share and just the very clear message. You know, if we don't plug into this power, we're sunk. And, um, you know, it, it reminded me of a conversation I had with a, another fellow yesterday where she kind of confessed that she felt like in her prayer and meditation, she, she had something she called spiritual ADD, which I just laughed at that because I could, you know, I could so relate. And I think, you know, the thing that came to me to say was, you know, that reminder that God does not make too hard a term, you know, for those who seek. And what matters is that perseverance in just doing the trudge, you know, just making the time. And and sometimes I, you know, feel like there can be so much efforting in life. And in my relationship with, with God, I I have to remind myself, you know, to do less. Like I don't it doesn't have to be so effortful. You know, a prayer can just be a conversation as if with a friend. Um Sometimes it, it's a sentence or a paragraph where I'm just quiet and listening. It, it doesn't have to look any kind of way. Um, and sometimes it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't feel like I want it to feel or think it should feel. But I think the important thing is, just as our, you know, the founders of this program <laughs> continued to persevere because they knew they had something here, it's like I, you know, I have to remind myself, God isn't making hard terms with me. I just have to show up to the 
to the mat, to the spiritual gym, and just keep trudging along. And um, I am so grateful I don't do this alone because when I'm in self-reliance, that does not work. When I'm in human reliance, it doesn't work. Um, and yeah, I gotta plug my plug my my uh, what is that thing? A cord into the socket every morning. So with that, I'll pass. Okay, uh, thank you. Uh, next up, uh, we're going to take a new list of names. I want to remind everybody that we're on page 163, the third paragraph, which begins, our friend proceeded to tell him and goes through the stream of misery that flows through that institution. One paragraph. So who else would like to share on this paragraph? Jessica C. Jessica C. Luann. Uh, I got two names there. Wait a minute. Luann, was that right? Lulu L. Oh, Lulu L. And then who else was on that? Lynn S. Lynn S. All right. And then who else? There's somebody else there. Toby K. There was somebody. I got Toby. There was somebody else there that was kind of muffled. David M. David N. Lisa J R. Lisa J R. I got Jessica, Lulu, Lynn, Toby, Paul, or, or David and Lisa. Somebody else was trying to go. Anybody else want on that lineup? All right, well, let's get going. Uh, Jessica C., your your turn. Tell us where you're from. Hi, this is Jessica C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ontario, Canada. Um, what I take away from this paragraph is, is, is to ask myself, how am I spreading the message of hope? Um, that this program has to offer. Um, And it reminds me of how I first found out about OA, which was in the 90s. Um, I I was a teenager. I was wanting to lose weight for the first time. And my family doctor um, gave me some OA pamphlets, which were quite, I could tell he had had them for quite some time just by the color scheme and the design. I could tell they were from the 70s. But um, Somewhere along the way, someone had given him that literature, and he passed that on to me. And and because of that, you know, I am now recovered from being a very, very low-bottom compulsive overeater. Um, and that's what I, you know, hear that this or this alcoholic did, this recovered alcoholic did, got in touch with medical professionals in his community and inspired and and led to recovery in his area um so you know i guess i have to ask myself like am i am i doing the same thing am i proactively sharing the message or am i just connecting with the same group of other recovered fellows who i feel comfortable with um 
you know, am I proactively reaching out to newcomers or people in relapse? Or am I just putting my name in a Zoom chat and expecting that if someone wants to call me, they'll call me? Um, you know, I really hear the spirit of being proactive um, in sharing this message. And, you know, it reminds me, I heard someone share last night that this isn't a self-help program, but it's an other help program. And that's what my focus should be as someone who recovered now for two and a half years like that I, I need to be I need to stay focused on that and 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 not get into I guess comfortable complacency um that you know that you know I'm 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 food neutral now I'm good I don't need to work too hard um that's not true I keep hearing over and over again that we have to stay focused on on sharing the message on helping other people um and of course staying close to what god's will is for us which is to be other focused so um yeah with that i'll pass okay thank you um we have the clock um next up we have uh, lulu l and lulu will you please tell us where you're from yes can you hear me Yes, just fine. Good. Thank you so much, Craig, for taking this meeting. My name is Lulu L. I am a recovered for today compulsive overeater from Florida. I am just grateful to be recovered because the the short little couple of words that jumped out of this paragraph for me was the stream of misery. It doesn't matter about the beginning of this sentence or the end of this that sentence. I just remember living in a river of misery when I was fully in my disease. It it was, and I was there for decades. I, I just was a I was so miserable, and I tried a hundred different things that have been mentioned in the book, and other people have mentioned to become unmiserable. And it just, nothing worked. And I always felt as though I was a spiritual person. So we come into this program, we hear, this is a spiritual program. And I'm like, okay, then I got it because I'm spiritual. But I wasn't, I wasn't on my face spiritual. I wasn't surrendered, surrendered, surrendered spiritual. I, I, it took a lot to get me to that point. I'm shocked at how, I don't know why I'm shocked. I'm an addict, right? But, you know, when you look at yourself, you're like, oh, come on, Lulu. Grab yourself by the scruff of your neck. But I couldn't pull myself out of that stream, that river of misery until I finally, finally, finally found a vision for you. My sponsor threw me a lifeline showed me how to get out of that river of misery. And now, yay, I live in a, I live, this is heaven on earth for me. I live, not every single second, but most of the seconds, I live in a place of such joy because the steps worked for me. And praying deeply from my heart deeply from my heart, throwing myself into the arms of God, which I do every morning 
all day long, I have to be connected to God. Or or otherwise, when I'm driving down the road and there's fast food places and there's billboards and there's advertisements for food, I don't even hear it or see it anymore. And that is saying something for someone who was born a compulsive overeater and will die, hopefully, a recovered compulsive overeater. It, it never leaves. So I am just eternally grateful. And those three words, stream of misery, that's where I was. And that's not where I am now. Thank you, thank you, thank you to my God. And I will pass. All right. Thank you very much. Next, we have Lynn S. Lynn? Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Vision. My name is Lynn S. I'm a compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. It's funny, that same line spoke to me. Um, Back in the 80s, I was actually in a hospital, uh, and a psychiatrist was uh, doing a report on me, and I remember he had said that the patient is morbidly obese. And then he had gone into a separate part of the room to say that into his dictaphone or whatever it was that he had in his hand. And when he came out, he saw the look on my face and the tears streaming down. He said, what, hasn't anybody ever called you that before? And I remember the misery, like the absolute misery of being in that hospital. But what my dream was is I wanted them to keep me. I, my dream was to be the darling of the ward and to have them feed me every day. And I would, you know, walk the corridors slowly and then I would get better and, you know, I would do more. But I would be the darling of the hospital and everybody, all the nurses and the doctors would like me and they would be so proud of me. And they would get me thin, and then I would be all right. And then, you know, I would be out of that stream of misery. And uh, in, the, in AA, they used to talk about having a moment of clarity. But, but in the last five months, what I've been hearing is a search and rescue mission. And thank you, God, he sent a search and rescue mission, and I didn't get my heart's desire. I didn't become Lynn, you know, the darling of the ward. But he picked me up, and he brought me to OA, and he brought me to people who could help me. And how are they helping me? They're helping me place my hand in God's. And I love that spiritual alignment. You know, God is, there's God, and then there's the people who are helping me, and then there's me. And in my search for recovery, there's God, and then me, and then my hand out to others. Because that's what we do here. This is the message that I'm getting. The whole point is the connection with God and to help others. It's, it's that spiritual alignment in step five. And how much better is that than being in a hospital gown, in a, in a ward, 
having a plastic tray come three times a day. I am so grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Okay, thank you, Lynn. Next, we have Toby Kay. Toby, tell us where you're from. Uh, hi, it's Toby Kay uh, from Long Island, New York, um, right now in Florida. Um, I'm, I'm really overwhelmed with all these shares. It's, it's uh, magnificent. It's a work of art. Um, all the people that I've been listening to, I, I just, um, I'm almost speechless. Uh, anyway, I'm one of those uh, in this that has to be plucked out of the stream of misery um, because sometimes I just get so down. And um, I know God does not want me to be that way. So um, I need to do uh, more outreach and um, connect to God more and um, practice my gratitudes so that I don't get too bogged down um, with things that are going on in life. So I uh, thank you all for this meeting. Um, it's just so uplifting to hear you all. Thank you, I pass. Okay, this took me by surprise. Um, all right, uh, thank you, Toby. Next up we have uh, David M. David? Tell us where you're from. Hi, everybody. Uh, David M. from Florida. Over David, it's hard to hear you. Uh, you. You can't. Can you hear me any better? A little better. Uh, okay, uh, David Compulsive over here from Florida. David M. Um, yeah. Uh, the thing that sticks out to me on this reading is the, the misery part also. Um, just, I'm on my fourth day uh, not eating sugar and uh, and whatever salt or whatever, and it's really like the uh, the battle's gone, but I'm still down. Just like, like you know, nothing to look forward to. And, um, you know, I got to I talk to uh, my spouse and He's like, yeah, that's how it goes. And it's like, it helped me, it made me feel better, like just talking to somebody you know, about it and just like bringing it out. I, I didn't want to hold it in. It's like, hey, look, honey, I'm telling you, I feel depressed today. I feel grouchy. And she's like, that's how it is. And I'm like, and I feel better talking about that. And I'm like, she's like, what on a program? I'm like, what I mean? I'm like, yeah, what I'm meeting. And I feel, I feel a lot better. And there's something spiritual about it when you get your mind out of yourself. And you start, you talk about it, you start talking to others, you go on meetings, you go listen to others, you, you feel for others, you're like, you know, I, you know, and then you, you feel a sense of you're not alone, you're not, you're not alone in this. And uh, so, um, anyway, that's all I got. Uh, I passed it up. All right. Uh, thanks, David. And next up, we have uh, Lisa JR. Lisa? 
Tell us where you're from. Hey, good morning, Craig. Lisa JR from outside the Baltimore Beltway. I'm grateful to be here this morning. Um, how I love that this meeting just continues to cycle through this book because that's how I learn from repetition. And I too um, thought about the stream of misery and in this paragraph, how, um, you know, whether you're in a private hospital or where, whether you're in a large public hospital, this all takes me back to that beautiful hope page on 17. There is a solution. You know, um, doesn't matter who, from steerage to captain's table, we have found a, uh, a solution. You know, there are, we know of thousands of men and women who were once just as hopeless as Bill. Well, now it's millions of men and women. Um, nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. Wow, what words of hope that is. And, you know, we've all gotten, whether, again, from private hospital to public hospital, we all have found a solution that we all can work by, again, as it was shared so much earlier, plugging into the power source. Um, stop living on self-propulsion. You know, get a little humble. Humble. I think, you know, when I came in here, I was just, uh, I still was proud, even though I had ballooned up, you know, in my weight and was miserable and couldn't solve the food problem or the eating problem. Um, so, yeah, I love that we all have the solution, that we get to go back and and have this cemented in our minds, you know, that that two-foot drop that takes place from our head to our heart, and we, we can live with this and share it. So thanks for letting me share this morning, Craig. Okay. Thank you, Lisa. All right. We have time for a few more shares, um, probably two or three. So who would like to take this time? Rita S. in Florida. Donna M. Liz E. UK. Wait a minute. Uh, Rita, Don, uh, Don, Donna, and Liz, and then who's trying? Annette. Annette F. Annette. All right. I, I don't know if we'll get to you, but we'll try. We'll see. Um, all right. Thanks. All right. Rita, tell us again where you're from. This is Rita S. in Florida. Um, thank you for letting me share. Um, God has done for me what I could not not do for myself. I really believe I recovered spiritually before I recovered from the compulsive eating. Um, God was just always there reaching down, but I didn't think he had time for me. I, I thought, he's got so many important things to do. What does he care about my compulsive eating? And after my husband passed a few years back, I, I just ate to, to get rid of the pain. I stuffed it down until finally, it's really weird, I was riding by this church. I got inside, and then it was like almost like Bill when he stood on the mountain there. God came. The Holy Spirit arrived, and I was able to put one foot in front of the other and know the only way out of this. Because it was never a we program. It was I, I, I. Everything was about me. But God made me realize that I have to do for others before I can even help 
begin to help myself. So uh, I have to tell you, for the grace of God, uh, I heard the girl say the doctor, you know, diagnosed me as morbidly obese, diabetic. And I can tell you today, I am not on any diabetic medication, insulin or anything. God lifted that. And uh, I'm basically healthy again. Uh, and it never was about the scale. It was nothing about even the food. It was about inside of me that God delivered me and reached down. And all I have to do is look up now and know God come between me and the refrigerator before the refrigerator comes between you and me. And I always choose God now. And I'm so grateful to be able to share not only this program, but my recovery through this higher power that I have now. I thank all of you for your out there. Don't give up because God loves each and every one of us. And he will help us or she will help us, however you see God. But God is there. And thank you for letting me share. Okay, thank you very much. Next, I think we have Donna. Uh, and tell us again, Donna, your last initial. And I'm Donna M. May I be heard? Yes. I'm Donna M. from near Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And I'm grateful. I felt um, really challenged to speak um, on, on the topic of how do I spread the, the message. You know, I've been resting on my laurels. Um, I had a new family doctor, and I decided to bring the OE outreach um, flyer to her. Uh, she works in a clinic, but when I went back, I didn't see the flyer there, and I thought, okay, I've done, I've done my part. I'm also an intergroup rep, and most recently, the outreach committee came up with a few strategies of spreading the message um, to the public. Um, they had having books in libraries, um, placing flyers in community um, boards, and, and, and other activities. And I passed that on to the meeting that I'm the inter intergroup rep at. But I never thought of what, what I never thought of actually doing any of those. There are about three or four different activities. And even my family doctor, you know, she she has another she has another clinic where she is the only doctor in. Um it, it I I could go back and ask her about that flyer. Um and so I am so grateful to be challenged because now I think I need to take action. I, I learned about this program through an advice column. I think it was either Ab and Dear Abby or Ann Landers. And um, I'm grateful to have heard about it that, that way. But there are many people out there who have no idea that, that there's anything called Overeaters Anonymous. So I'm, I'm grateful to be challenged today. Thank you. And I pass. Okay, thank you, Donna. Next, we have Liz, and uh, depending on how quick she goes, we'll have an Annette, a time for an Annette. Liz? Hi, good morning, good afternoon. My name is Liz E for Elegant from the UK, and thank you so much for hearing me. And um, so, uh, the things that stick out for me, our friend proceeded to tell him 
And 100%, I am here because friends in this fellowship have shared with me and um, share and have helped me and supported me. And so I have many, many friends in this fellowship. And for that, I am so, so grateful. And currently, I'm going through a really bumpy, difficult time. But oh, my goodness, I am so, so grateful because previously I'd have been eating five pizzas a day or similar. But today I have a program that does work in very difficult um, going and I am doing one hour, one day at a time. And the other piece that sticks out to me from the stream of misery, I didn't know I was in misery until I spoke, heard recovered fellows on this line. But I now know that I was in that misery. And today um, I can still feel miserable at times and particularly at the moment. But I know I have a plan and I have a higher power and God has a good, good plan for me. So thanks a million. I'll pass. Okay. Thank you very much. So Annette, um, you're up. You got a, at least two minutes. Am I unmuted? Yep. Um, Tell us where you're from. Okay. Okay. I am Annette F from Southwest Florida. And last night, uh, and in recovery, uh, last night I was sliding into my isolation mode. You know, I just, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to see anybody. And I picked up the phone anyway. And I reached somebody who was not having a great day. And in the process, because I called her, I made her smile. And that felt better than anything I could have gone to eat. It just gave me a warm, loving feeling for her. And she was appreciative of a phone call. And I got into the program many years ago. So for the diet, you know, forget, this was a quote, forget about the God part. And I can't say that I got into the God part right away, but it was the God part that saved my life over the years. And with that, I pass. Okay. Very good. Thank you. All right. Thanks to everybody who shared today. The share ID for this meeting that's now concluding is 20,806. Uh, and the one from yesterday was 20,805 from the special edition. So we're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Ken W.H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to keep you until then. Ken? Thanks, Greg. Um, this is Ken W.H. from North Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. 
admit your faults to him and to your fellows, clear away the wreckage of your past, give freely of what you find, and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.